Hi, this is Ruro Dunaku from Mailing Productions and you're listening to the Don Kill Wellness Project Podcast. Welcome to the Don Kill Wells Project Podcast. I actually don't know what episode this is. I think it's episode 28 or 29, but, you know, who cares? Um, I just want to say a big thanks to everybody for tuning in to the last few episodes. And a big shout-out to Charlie Wynn from I'm a Friend. The initiative that champions anti-bullying behaviour is really taking off in Ireland at the moment, and we're hoping to go worldwide with it. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. And thanks also for everybody who's downloaded on Podbean and iTunes, because we are nearly reaching the 4,000 download mark, which is absolutely amazing. So today on the podcast, as you heard from his beautiful dulcet tones of his introduction, I have Rua Dunhu from Mailin Productions. Myself and Rua have been friends for about 40 years now. 40, on 45, 50 years. 45, yeah. yeah, yeah. Since, the womb. <clears throat> Since before we were born. Yeah. Um, Rua actually gave me the pleasure of having a paycheck for an acting job. And he's one of the funniest people that I've ever met. Mm. So thanks a million for coming on to the podcast. Did that, did that paycheck bounce? Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that off there. <laughs> it's a bit awkward, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it was an extremely large amount of money you wanted, though. It was, and I, I really enjoyed the clandestine way in which you went around the city centre just handing people their wages, <laughs> like some sort of slum landlord. <laughs> next, who's next, Dan? Let's get him. I mean, we met, we met in the Broadway, Broadway the fucking keys, didn't we? Yeah, no, we met there at Bad Bob's in Temple Bar, <laughs> yeah. and um, it was beautiful because I had no money at that time, <laughs> yeah. so it was great. So, Mail in Productions, how did... That whole, you know, how did the whole story begin for you with setting up Mailing Productions and everything you've done in the area of theatre and drama? Well, it, it basically started off from, uh, I had an audition years ago and I wasn't particularly happy how I was kind of treated in the audition. You know, I don't, it was just kind of, didn't go great and I didn't think the director was particularly nice. Hmm. And I left thinking, um, why don't we just, why don't we just do our own shows? Hmm. We just create our own work. Um, and I had an idea for a show and I just started writing it and we had about a few scenes done and I had to pay a deposit with the with the new theatre in Temple Bar Yeah. Um, and I just said look we'll just go for it so I said to Andrew and we said yeah let's just set up a company it was something Andrew is very interested in too Andrew is Rua's partner in crime partner in crime in life and in theatre <laughs> <laughs> so that really was the, the whole motivation for setting up Mailing Productions was a difficult experience that you had yeah being the actor in the audition yeah and it was basically a fuck this moment. Hundred like, percent, yeah. Like, I, let's I let's in, treat people the way they deserve to be treated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I left feeling, yeah, I left feeling, things kind of dejected and like, oh, what's the point? And then I, I've, I knew what show they were doing. I knew where they were putting it on. I was thinking, well, we can do that. Yeah. You know, why can't we just do that? Yeah. And that's just where it came from. Like it was a gamble. Obviously, the show, the show could have went terrible, but it didn't. It went well, and um, it was well received, and we just felt. So we were very proactive and we thought to ourselves, look, this is great. Yeah. We're creating our own, possibly creating our own opportunities. Yeah, because a lot of people who listen to this podcast would be in a position where they have passions, obviously, about a lot of things, but that they wouldn't really know how to navigate taking control of it, you know, grabbing yeah. it by the scruff of the neck and being their own boss in yeah, a way. Yeah, sure, yeah. So how did you come to the point, like, how, how did you get the courage to, to break away from what you were doing and, and set up something yourself? Yeah, it was true pure frustration, I think. You know, okay. and, and pure, like, we went to, myself and Andrew went to college together, we did college for three years, and in that time we learned, we, we were lucky enough to do a module of setting up a theatre company. Okay. So we kind of had that, the idea of what, roughly what you do. Mm. Obviously it's very different than to actually do it, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it was just pure frustration and, and pure, just, I just want to create something. Yeah. You know, and just wait, the waiting to do something that's horrible. You know, you're yeah. you're waiting for the phone call from an agent or waiting this kind of stuff. You know, just you have to just do it yourself. Yeah, because you you go crazy waiting. So it wasn't like you were sitting there waiting for the courage to build up. It was out of the like it. In my opinion, whatever motivates somebody, yeah. you know, mm. that's what they need. And for in your case, it was frustration, and mm. and so it's grown since. Like when was that that you set it up? Um, 
was it 2010? Yeah, I think. So seven years deep. Yeah, seven, seven <laughs> years deep in, yeah. But yeah, it was a completely, and then we had to kind of believe in each other that we could do it too, mm-hmm. as, um, as a company, you know, and we knew the show was kind of entertaining. It was a comedy, Yeah. you know, and then we, we kind of didn't know, it kind of important aspect of it was we didn't know what we were at and we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. Mm. So the first show we ever did was probably the show we've enjoyed the most because there was no pressure. We didn't have that pressure of going, okay, we have to get these people in, we have to get make this kind of money, we have to do all this. Yeah. Just we kind of learned on the job and we had people around us who were in the same position. Yeah. Like we had technicians who were only starting in the industry and now they're highly successful technicians and they all say that was a show where we learned everything because we just threw ourselves in. So like yeah. it was literally, was it the blind leading the blind? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know you had the module on yeah. your belts. Yeah, but that doesn't but I mean, that, doesn't I mean you really. can learn as much theory as you yeah, want exactly, unless you're yeah. actually applying yeah. real world situations. No, completely. <laughs> like when you're sitting in a, in a room and in, we were in, in college in, in Swansea in Wales, we were sitting in that room and your man telling us what to do and you're writing it down, that's grand. Yeah. But then when, you, when you're actually physically doing it and then someone goes to you, okay, how are you going to sort out the insurance? And you're thinking, do you're do like, you, what? do, the you, do you witch it? The insurance? <laughs> Uh, and how are you gonna? How, how are you doing? Pay like how are you gonna? How are you gonna get your rental space? How are you gonna get your props? The what now? You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We will. Uh, so we use our own furniture. We we got all the access. Yeah, bring in loads of your clothes, and we'll pick whatever you have. <laughs> you know. Uh, so and that was it was more creative, and it was more a group together working. Yeah. And we all kind of believed in it, and we were all friends. Yeah. We, I um, there was one or two people in it that we cast that we didn't particularly know, but everyone else was friends we knew. Yeah. So it made a big difference. Huge. But certainly, it was that's how we learned. It was the best experience of learning. Yeah. Completely thrown in. Yeah. Do you know, and just people saying stuff to you, all the kind of lingo, and you're there with the witch. Yeah. All yeah. light and lingo, and there, what? What are you on about? Yeah. But uh, completely, we learned so much. We learned more from that show yeah. than all the rest put together. So like having uh, mentioned courage earlier on, you said your motivation was frustration, but yeah. I mean, what came out of it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it creative. <clears throat> you know, we, we managed to create something. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, it's not like you know the writing aspect of making a production and the acting aspect, which I know a little bit about. You know that's all creative, but this whole situation was a big ball of creativity. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> from finding out about insurance to yeah. getting people to bring their I own know. furniture. Then how do we how do we get audience in? Uh, oh yeah, yeah I forgot about we, that uh, part. Yeah, and now uh, we have to pay. Uh, where are you getting your posters printed? Yeah. Yeah. Right. We printed ourselves now. We have to. Yeah, we have yeah. to get something. Everything uh, done professionally. If anybody is uh, planning a trip to Dublin, uh, Ireland, or if you're from Dublin, indeed, um, make sure that you go to the new theatre in Temple Bar. It's a wonderful, wonderful space yeah. to both act in and watch amazing shows. Yeah. On they do a great job. Very commute. It's a very community feel mm. to a theatre that is actually bang in the middle of the Dublin city centre. Yeah. How do they achieve that? Do you think? It's well, how I started with it's, it's supposed to come as how where, where I started with the new theatre. I auditioned for Stags and Hens yeah. in New Theatre a few years before we did that play, and I didn't know anything about the play. And uh, I saw the title was Stags and Hens, so I got on to the new theatre and said, I'd love to audition for the stag, not knowing the stag has no lines. The stag spends the time drunk in the jacks in the whole play. <laughs> and then uh, I got cast as the stag. And uh, I sat in the jacks for it was six weeks. Was there any lines long. in your audition? No, um, I had to do a monologue. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, for God's sake! <laughs> and um, then he goes, "Yeah, I'd like to play the stag." He's like, brilliant. And then he goes, "There's no lines." Yeah, there's what sir? <laughs> but it did. Uh, the show was you're 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 drunk as a stag in the jacks, and your legs are on stage for about six weeks. That's all. What? Like you're you're in just a cubicle on stage, and your legs stick out. Like yeah, I was decided drunk in the jacks. So for that six weeks, and um, in that time, I st- I started thinking too too. Like yeah, I was going to think, oh yeah, we have to kind of, <laughs> we're going to have to create my own stuff here now. <laughs> and I got to know the new theatre really well, and Anthony Fox and Ron Wilmot and stuff like that. And and then we built a relationship up, and they were talking like, yeah, well, do you do you do that? And do you work on that? And that's how it came out. That's why yeah. I said like, well, why don't we do the show in the new theatre? We know them. Yeah. We had they they guide us. The relationship so was there. Yeah. Yeah. And they are so like, come to, if you have an idea, come to us, and they'll help you out, and they'll try to. They say like a lot of times, Ron would said to you, "Yeah, the theatre's yours. If you want to do something, amazing." You know, you don't get that in any other theatres. No, no, you know? and that all was born out of you uh, lying on the floor for six weeks. Six weeks, yeah. It was that great. Was I must say, it was fantastic. Uh, we had so much. It was so, and a few people from that show ended up in the in our first show. Oh, brilliant! From meeting them that way, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, we had some fun though before and after the show. During the show, I was a bit boring. I used to, I like, read the Hobbit in the, in the cubicle. <laughs> Sitting there, so if you if if, if you'd Did seen you like those headlamps on, <laughs> no, luckily there's enough light. 
<laughs> lights are because there was no roof on it but like if you'd seen like if that wall fell down and I was just lying in the jacks yeah. reading the Hobbit and the audience going but uh, and then sometimes people used to there was a, to- there was a toilet there and you could see the kind of bottom of the toilet you yeah. know and uh, people always would leave stuff in the toilet and oh, I wouldn't know till I was putting the jacks pretty grim yeah people would leave old kind of food and stuff going off and stuff like that <laughs> oh, well I have a lot of friends who are who are actors you know um, including yourself but that is probably one of the more unusual <laughs> audition to performance uh, stories I've heard so absolutely no lines in the play after yeah. a ridiculous monologue in yeah. the audition and then six weeks they, they spend the whole audition just looking at your leg <laughs> they never asked me to show my legs which is unusual I could have horrible legs they didn't know but I said <laughs> nothing about the legs what do you think about um, the Irish theatre scene at the moment? How do you feel about the growth that it's, or has it had a lot of growth over the past few years, or is it stagnating at the moment? What um, do you reckon? Well, one good aspect I think is the Abbey Theatre now has two new artistic directors, mm. and they seem to want to help, and yeah. they seem to be open yeah. to new work and new artists. Has that uh, historically been a big block? To oh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, for in my opinion, for our national theatre, does very very little. Yeah. Um, for young up and coming companies and, and actors, you know, mm. um, and I think it's something that needs to be looked at. I, I hope it is. Do you know, we, we have the, um, you know, waking the feminist stuff as well at the mm. minute with with the Abbey. They are supporting that, and it's something that needs to be looked at. So I do hope that people like that, new people coming in, like they're they're both not from Ireland. So I think that might help. Yeah, it might help people coming in with a clear view because they're not embedded in the culture. Exactly. That yeah. Preceded. Yeah, and they don't know. Who the actors are, yeah. So maybe they'll hire people off their actual ability, yeah. You know, instead of the reputation. Has that been another massive block? I think so. Yeah, again, people might not. I think so. I think it is. Uh, I think a lot of people get cast on reputation. I don't think their ability comes into it too much. I don't think that's a. It's it's, that's not unique to. uh, Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Have a couple of buddies over in LA um, and a couple of buddies in New York you know trying to make it over there and it's, yeah. it's absolutely it, it seems impossible based on what they're telling you yeah um, and just to get that initial breakthrough is just like how, what would you what advice would you give to actors and who are across the world listening to this <laughs> or, or anybody creative like how do you no, well my question is how do you keep going because you can't give advice to yeah, people course, that yeah. you just kind of kept up their break because that's yeah. something they have to I would have done it myself yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to believe how do you keep going other belief you have to believe that you can do it and uh, you have to want it mm. like you have to really want it because you, you get a scene amount of rejection like the amount of auditions I've done that's why I'm asking yeah it's, it's how you, do you deal with that obscene amount of yeah it's, it certainly is I think definitely you really want it and you have to have belief you know even though you've been rejected you go well I, I, I can still do it yeah I think the the overriding emotion is though just that you want to do it. Yeah, you know that has to be there at the beginning. Yeah, like like in life, you know, like in sports as well, you have to want it. You have yeah. to really want it because mm. you will be kicked constantly. Like when I think of the auditions I've done, I think the crazy auditions you've done for adverts. Yeah. Where I remember one I had to do for a phone company where I had to, I went in and she asked me to stir a pot with a wooden spoon, and I started stirring the pot, and she goes, mm, "Not sure." I think, well, uh, how, how would you start a pot? Can you give me a bit of direction here? Uh, I didn't get it, needless to say. Oh, for God's sake. But like, it's that kind of thing, and you leave that going, this is a crazy, crazy profession. Yeah. Do you know, it really is. But I, I think that's that. a really important um, thing to, to zone in on. So in that exact moment where you are walking out of that building after somebody's watched you stir a pot. Yeah. I'm rejected and, you. And, and, yeah, yeah. More importantly, rejected you. <laughs> yeah. But even more importantly, looked at you while you're doing it. Yeah. Went, uh, and she actually turned and I was going, mm, you know? like, how do you even contemplate going to another another yeah. audition? When you're like, what are you thinking when you're walking out of that that audition? <laughs> you do, I think you think you, you learn to yeah that's you do think that but I remember the first audition I ever did and I didn't get it I was absolutely devastated I couldn't understand how I didn't get it yeah. and then fast forward to now if we go to an audition I don't get it just go okay yeah you you completely become immune to it completely so you develop a thick skin yeah like there's some you want you some will you go for you I really really would have liked that yeah but you definitely just develop a thick skin to it go yeah. grand and the best thing the best advice is once you audition completely forget about it okay. when you walk out don't think about it. Yeah. And if you get a call, it's a bonus. Yeah. If you think, oh, waiting for the phone call, just drive yourself mad. Yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely. And I think um, 
I think if you can master that ability to put it out of your mind yeah. and like you know have the bonus of the phone call, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. how you manage yourself yeah. in this industry. Yeah, so. I think so. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's kind of applicable across the board. Look, I've actually applied for a couple of jobs recently that, that I didn't get, mm. um, and <clears throat> the first one I applied for, I really fucking wanted it. Yeah, I really, really wanted it. So I was preparing for the interview, you know, doing all this kind of stuff, and then I did the opposite of what you just said. I thought about it all the time after I walked. It's easier said than done, isn't it? Of course, of course. But what I learned from that is exactly what you're speaking about here. But I went for the second one. I left the. I left. You know the interview, the the process. Didn't think about it. Now I didn't get it, so yeah. it wasn't a bonus. Yeah, though, no. But I hadn't spent all of that time in yeah. between. You know, doing the application process and, mm. and not getting the position, wanting it yeah. to 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 such a degree that I would be devastated. It's like you're protecting yourself too. Yeah. Do you know? Because it hurts. Yeah. Whatever dead it hurts, we don't get something. Yeah. Do you know? But you do have to realize it's all part of it. Yeah. I you think know. the happiest people around manage rejection really well yeah yeah i think that's very not not by not by just ignoring it Mm. or distracting themselves from what it is but by seeing it in a different way yeah yeah because it's really difficult thing to manage and it's very easy i think for people to get into like we're talking about wellness here you know yeah for people to get into that cycle of nearly expecting rejection so that's Mm. their what they're thinking about all the time yeah completely i know and yeah, that like, will obviously, you know, impact their performance, whether it's an audition, mm. uh, an interview, anything they're trying to go for. So yeah. I think if you can shift your perspective on, you know, there's all cliche of there's no such thing as a mistake. Yeah. Or what's meant for you won't pass you, this kind of oh, stuff. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, I know. Like, there's such cliches, but there's so much truth in them as yeah. well. Well, that, that's a very good point, because you would think, like, stuff like that, or what's meant to be, it's, 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 it is a throwaway comment, but it does, if you think about it literally, and like, think, yeah, it actually does make sense. Completely. You know, it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. And it's it's the past. Like I remember somebody. It's the past. So what's it matter anymore? If you didn't get something, it's gone. Yeah. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Just focus on on the present and, and look to the future and see. If hopefully something will come up. Big time. I, I, you know, there's there's a nugget in that that I'm, I'm trying to articulate. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's coming across well to the listeners because um, you know, a lot of my listeners and I've been through quite a tough time personally over the last six months trying to manage anxiety, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So to be able to have an approach to difficulties where mm. that that stops yourself from spiraling down. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. that, that there's a lot of crossover here what we're talking about. Yeah, I think, I think there, absolutely. Managing rede- rejection, mm. managing difficult periods in your life and just keeping your head above water. So that when yeah. that thing that you're talking about comes comes along that is meant for you, yeah, then you can just spring off and bounce. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So what's next for you at the moment? Are you writing at the moment? Yeah, I'm writing. Um, I'm writing a new play and I'm writing a film. But just it's slow. progress is slow. Like we yeah. aren't like that with creating. You know, what's your process like? Um, I would usually have. I usually think it through a lot first before I even start to write. Have an idea. It would come from a nugget, a tiny idea, and it would kind of grow from there. Hmm. And then I would try to... So you wouldn't put pen to paper at all? Not for a while. I'd think about it first. Would you even whip it? Like I was talking to Danny from the Coronas in episode yeah. 13. And he was talking a lot about like he always has his phone <laughs> ready just to put, put yeah. his ideas in mm. or uses his voice memos. And what he does then is um, at the end of each day or, or each week, he write, he physically writes them. Yeah. He doesn't just leave them in his notes because yeah, everybody tries to yeah. put stuff on their phone. Yeah. No, and uh, we spoke a lot about, there's actually a lot of uh, research on, it, it's way more impactful to actually write something than mm. it is to type something because it fires off neurons in the brains. Yeah. And it helps you develop your ideas a lot more. Yeah. It's really interesting. Well, it's the same as learning lines is always good to write them down. Really? As you physically write them, yeah. So I don't want to get away from the point, but yeah, really? um, I, uh, yeah, I would, well, I would write, yeah, if I have an idea, I would, write it down in the phone or something mm. like that because it's you, you know yourself everyone oh, I have you have a great idea or you think it's a great idea and then you think you forget about it completely and you go what was that brilliant idea I had or obviously wasn't that or yeah, a lot of people a lot of people have asked about their their creative process Fred Cook and the likes who yeah. say most of their a lot of their good ideas come in the middle of the night yeah they're kind of half awake half asleep yeah. and you just they're like they're all saying like oh, we should could just make sure I have a pad beside the pencil but, that's, right there, but that, they're gone that's 100% what you did and that's what something I, I was doing a play a few years ago called The Dead Woman's Son and I was struggling to end it 
I was lost when it came to what I wanted to bring it to an end. Yeah. And, it, and it's, and I don't mean like it's spiritually, but it came to me in, in a dream, just happened to, had a dream and it just linked it. No way. And yeah, and I woke up and I said, oh, I, that's when I have to. So I got up and I wrote it down and it just worked. You so know, you, you were finding the challenge to actually finish off the, the yeah, script. Yeah, really struggling to go where. And you dreamt it. Yeah, I had the dream and I kind of linked it in. I think, yeah, let's go with that. And we and we went with it and it, and it worked all right, it worked you really know. Well. Yeah, but like I'm completely lost with it. And that's sometimes a good thing to do where you kind of, if you like, open it to the universe, as people yeah. say. Throw yeah. it out to the universe and see yeah. if that comes back. People scoff at that, but I believe it. No, I think it's I think it is good too. And I think it's a good way of, if you're, if you're just lost and you're kind of at a crossroads and you're not quite sure what way to go. Yeah. And um, I think it's a good thing to just throw it up and see if that comes back. Sometimes yeah. it won't, but sometimes like that, it just came back and it and it worked. I love that. My mom often tells me uh, that she dreamt my name before I was born. <laughs> There's not actually no reason why I should bring that story into this. It's just, it works. Because it was either Dan or Fernando. <laughs> <laughs> Fernando would have been lovely. Fernando Kill. Fernando. Fernando Kill has a nice ring to it, actually. I think you should change your name. Yeah, well, if I'm ever going on stage in a, in a, in a Dublin, Dublin inner city gay bar, I know what my name is. Why don't just be like a Brazilian, just call yourself just Fernando. Get rid of the Kill. And here's Fernando. <laughs> the shirt sales would be massive. It would be massive, yeah. So you th- you before you put pen to paper, then you you're yeah. thinking about like how it's like you you don't put a time frame on it. You don't limit no, yourself. No, I, do, I you, try you not to. At the start, I try not to, but then I would like a deadline at some point because you can, you can no but I mean in terms of before you put pen to paper no yeah no, I you let it develop in your mind yeah like do you just do you meditate do you sit down what I would usually do is listen to I'd go for a walk and listen to music okay. I find that very helpful uh, okay. and sometimes like a, a lot of times a song might inspire something that just yeah. put something into your head yeah I find that very helpful that's a walk a walk is great to clear the head anyway yeah you know and just develop things and then when I feel like I have a rough idea where I'd like to go yeah or start, That's start right. writing, and hopefully, yeah, you know, something will come of it. And it's it's a very fluid process, I guess, is it? Like, you, yeah, you don't you don't always know what direction you're gonna go. Do the, the ideas sometimes come to you when you're actually physically? Yeah, writing? absolutely. You'd be writing, and something come to you, and you go, "That's good." Like it's like you'd be writing, and thinking, "That's brilliant." <laughs> then you look read back over, go, "That's terrible." But no, yeah, like sometimes you, what you want, what I always want in a writer is if, to try to get into like a zone. Yeah. where I'm sitting and writing and just writing, 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 and it doesn't matter. Nearly like free association. Yeah, in some way, yeah. You just, like whatever's popping into your yeah, head. Yeah, just keep on writing. And a lot of the times now, a lot of stuff you want to keep, but sometimes you come up with... That's funny, Fred Cook said the exact same thing. He said um, that's actually what he does really, yeah. for his comedy. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously a musician as well. Yeah. Um, merges the two beautifully, I think. Yeah, it's absolutely. a gas character yeah. altogether. But yeah, he was talking about the idea of writing for the bin essentially yeah. Tony Robbins talks about this as well as the best advice he gave to some famous songwriter yeah. is just exactly what you're saying there free association just writing writing, keep writing. On writing. and if 10% of it is mm. something you're willing to keep that it was worth it yeah because sometimes it's, it's so hard, hard to get going it's so difficult to get going with a play sometimes if you're writing it and you're just you're hitting a brick wall and you keep on leaving it and walking and you do a few pages and go no I'm not into it yeah. and then a few times I'm kind of aware that I'm in that kind of little bit of his own yeah. Where just you go, just keep on, keep and just hope and keep on going, keep on going, keep on going, yeah, as long as possible, Do you yeah. know. And uh, a few times, yeah, a lot of times you get quite good stuff out of it. I mean, there's a lot of power in that. Maybe you don't think, I think so, yeah. Maybe you're not thinking too much, maybe, yeah, right? of maybe course, it's it not, is. Just, in just my writing. opinion, that's exactly yeah, what it is. you're not overthinking it, no, yeah, and you're not thinking what an audience is going to think, you're not going to think how logistically we can do this on stage, yeah, you're not just thinking of it. someone going, oh, that's shite, yeah, exactly, yeah, or what were they thinking. Or we're going yeah, to need yeah. that actor. We're going to need a specific actor for that. Yeah, just do it. Do you yeah. know, because sometimes you write with that limitations of how do you do that on stage. Yeah, and you shouldn't. You, you obviously shouldn't. You really shouldn't do what, that. So the the writing process has to happen before you even consider any of that. Yeah, like uh, ideally, you know, it, 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 a lot of that will come down to if you had all the money in the world, you could put on a show any theatre. Yeah. You know, so you could write yeah. as big as you want. But when you're limited money, sometimes you have to go with the smaller theatre. Say, yeah, limited. But, but does, that, does that translate into the initial stage of the writing process? 
at times it does, but you, it's. I think it's much better if you don't let it. Well, you, so you won't put in. Look at this massive vista that we <laughs> no. have. But I'm so you, glad we bought this I house. Know. The balcony <laughs> is incredible. Let's use the balcony. But like, <laughs> ride it and then try to figure it out how you can stage it. Yeah. Do you know that's the best best way of doing it? Yeah, because you can always edit, right? Hundred percent. And there's always brilliant people. There's always brilliant artists around, lighting designers, designers themselves, set designers yeah. who can go when you don't have that expertise. Go look, I want to do this here. Yeah, and you can go. I don't know if I can do that. And you get some brilliant design to go. Yeah, it's simple. Just do it this way. Yeah, I'm lucky know? enough to be part of uh, an uh, amateur theatre group down in Nice called the Mo Club. I know. Um, yeah, I've heard of them. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, you know people who give their time mm. completely free of yeah. charge because there's no money to pay anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they have. Have you been in the Mo Theatre? I haven't. No. It's a beautiful space. It's similar enough size, bit bigger than the new theatre. Yeah. But um. The stuff that the set designers can do, yeah. and bear in mind, like these guys are all volunteers, mm. would blow your socks off. Yeah. Like I cannot believe, like they won the All Ireland One Act Festival yeah. in twenty sixteen, and um, I just couldn't get over how well they made the set. Like the set designers, in my opinion, like can make or break a show. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Are you involved in that side of things as well? Uh, we would, I would, we'd, like we have a few set people we work with, so you have to, you'd give them a few. You might tell them what you might be thinking. Yeah. And they all work different ways. Like some person won't even read a script. He'll just he want you to tell him what the show's about, and he'll go off and come back with amazing stuff. You know, or else yeah. other ones going. I need to know the script. But you yeah. have to trust, like like with anyone you have working with, you have to trust that their their ability. Yeah. You know why ask them otherwise? Yeah. You know, so if I get yeah. a set person in and go, we trust you and just see what you come up with. Yeah. And most times it works. Yeah, most times. <laughs> most times you don't have to go, what, what's well, this? Let's focus, what's this on, let's focus on the times it did work. <laughs> yeah. Because it is the wellness podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Actually, no. Let's let's talk about a time when it didn't work. Did without, without identifying yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously who it was. But how did you deal with that as a director and yeah. an overseer? Was it challenging for you? <laughs> yeah, there was one time we had a show on. And... Um, I they started working on the set and I, we were due to go in the next day to start the getting to get everything ready for the yeah. preview in the next day and uh, I saw uh, pictures of what they'd done so far on the set and it just wasn't right I knew it wasn't right as, as the writer of the piece and director I knew it wouldn't work I, I knew from okay so let's stay at that, in that moment what yeah. are you thinking to yourself shit how am I going to approach this you know remain professional yeah like what, what's your mindset at that, at that moment I suppose the first thing I had, to be honest, I to remain calm because I was, I was, I was a bit pissed because I remember at the time before that I told them what aspect I wanted to go down. Yeah. And and it was completely different. Mm. Uh, so first so thing was manage your frustration. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's so easy to because there's so much stress involved when you're putting on a show and stuff. So it's so easy to blow off the hand. Yeah. Do you know, just remain calm and then just and then know that they're they're artists too. So you just need to work together with them. Yeah. Like don't react. In yeah. the moment, breathe, take, take yeah. a second. Absolutely. Go, okay, let's clear my head before I react here. Because if I react now, we're going to have big problems. Exactly. You know, you're going to have someone walk out. Yeah. You know, you're going to have someone go, well, leave it, go do it yourself. And, and I'm sure it happens more often. Oh, than absolutely. Not. Just, I think that's, I remember someone said this to me years ago, just breathe before you react. Yeah. And it's, it's so, so. Well, it's actually one of the most important lessons I've learned in my uh, training as a psychotherapist is yeah. how to breathe properly. Yeah. I yeah. know that sounds mental. Yeah. I know it sounds mental. But what I was actually doing before I, you know, in terms of managing anxiety, frustration, depression, you know, mm. all the things that are challenging, uh, challenging emotionally, um, I only realized when I started this training that I was only breathing to the top of my chest. Yeah. Shallow breaths. Yeah. Yeah, going in deep. Which was causing a lot of anxiety. Yeah, kind of, it's like a hyper. It's a hyper physiological yeah, thing. It's yeah. physiological. Like it's there's tons and tons of research into this. Yeah. That, so at the start of my training, I kind of was like, "Oh come on, what?" Yeah, breathing. You want I know, to I know how to breathe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got this far. Yeah, I know. you know, 30, I have lungs. Thirty-four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I've great lungs. Yeah. Um, but it it has definitely been the most impactful part of my training in terms of my personal developments yeah, and yeah. To, to connect with what you're saying there Rua, in terms of managing in the moment a very stressful I'm loath to say traumatic experience but it is impactful in traumatic experiences yeah. if you can think to do it but in a very in a very stressful moment where you're highly frustrated highly yeah. anxious highly angry yeah 
breathing into your belly through your nose. Yeah. Exhaling through it's your nose. It does. So the breathing in through your nose, and you guys, you got to put your hand on your belly to make sure that it's going out when yeah. you're breathing. And once I learned that, Jesus Christ, man, like the ability to manage situations like the yeah. one you're describing yeah. shot up. Yeah. Which obviously leads to a more consistent level of happiness and wellness. Well, I think, cause, yeah, because you, you don't want to fly off. It's not good to fly off the handle. No. You know, I know sometimes you say, oh, it's good to release stress, but no, ultimately probably not, you know, because you, your, your heart rate raises, yeah. your anger levels raising, your stress not, levels going out through the roof. Your thoughts are racing. Yeah, you're just not reacting properly. Yeah. Do you know, so it's I think it's vitally important. Well, nobody comes out of it in a better situation than before we went into it. Yeah. And I think the, the most difficult part of not reacting like that is that logically in your warped sense of things, it feels good in the moment yeah. and it lasts for that second only. Yeah. Yeah. I know. No, I got him. Yeah. I got her. Yeah. Good, you know, yeah, I got annoyed. Screw them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like no one likes getting given out to. It's no. like being in school, you know, it's as simple <laughs> as that. Terrible getting given out to you. know, we all have memories in school. Oh, I'm in trouble now. Yeah. yeah. You know, so there's all, there's always a way around it. Well, tell us a little bit about your schooling. Like, what was like? What? How did you? How did you go from little Rua? Like, were you always? I've always been little. <laughs> He's still little, guys. But he's really cute, and his legs are amazing. As I, as we referred, as we referred to earlier. Um, like, but uh, did you always have that desire to to be creative from a very young age, or did it develop later on? Um. Yeah, I always wanted to. I always kind of. Well, I in school I wasn't great in school at all. Now, um, I for the first probably year of school I cried going into school. Yeah. A few times I ran out of the classroom to find my mother. Mm. She used to go to the. There was a church in the same grounds as the school. Yeah. I'd, I'd like that. Like yeah. Complete like yeah separation anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that went on for like sitting on the teacher's knee <laughs> crying. No way. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that was like very traumatic for you then. Yeah, I I, I hated school completely. Do you know, um, didn't like obviously that was the first few years. It was yeah. obviously we're talking. Are we talking junior or senior infants? No, no, six, fifth and sixth year. year. <laughs> sixth year, I was sitting on the brother, the brother's knee. That's a whole other story. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but I uh, know, yeah, yeah, junior infants, particularly junior infants. You know, and then obviously you kind of develop and uh, you kind of grow with it. Yeah. But even in school, yeah, I do, I um. Like, uh, people always talk about what we'd like to do in school or what yeah. we'd like to be and I always say well I just want to I'm not sure but I want to do something that ideally would make me happy yeah you, you grow up and you see people talking about work oh, I work tomorrow I hate that yeah yeah and you're thinking oh, well and I, why like you know it'd be lovely to have a job that you actually enjoy yeah that you want to go into you yeah. know now very easier said than done yeah you I know? mean but it's interesting to me that at that young age you were saying you weren't saying I want to be president or I want to be, you know, a lawyer, doctor, yeah. an astronaut, yeah. whatever. You were saying, oh, I just, I just want, just want to be happy. Yeah, this, this I love that job. so much. <laughs> it's lovely to be happy, wouldn't it? It's funny when you grow up, you know, people saying, oh, I want to be a millionaire, I want to be a footballer, I want to have loads of houses, you know. And then you realise, Jesus, all you, all you want is to develop some kind of happiness. That's all. Simple as that, exactly. You know, and the, and the thing is, you could have it now if you yeah. just stop focusing on all of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you were seven, eight years old saying that type of stuff. I would have been thinking it. Yeah, like um, that's amazing. Like I'd never had the interest in, you know, the kind of stuff. Just wanted to kind of like amassing lots of wealth or possessions. It was yeah. more an emotional side that you were showing, even that at that young age. Yeah, like I'm emotional just... intelligence. I mean. I suppose too, because I had such problems with the, the anxiety as a child and stuff like that. You yeah. know, you, you you kind of develops you differently, perhaps in some way, maybe. Oh, it does. You know, yeah. um, it certainly has an impact on you and and how you kind of develop from that. Absolutely. And so, when did drama and theatre come into your life? Then was it made through secondary school or? It, you probably, towards the end of secondary school, yeah. Like I was doing photography, hmm. and. Um, I uh, well yeah I was doing photography in college. I was doing a one year portfolio course, yeah. and there was an acting course in the same college, a one year acting course. Yeah. And we were taking pictures, doing headshots for the actors. Yeah. And I remember t- talking to them and just saying, "So it's just so cool what they're what they're doing." <laughs> Sorry, uh, Rose Sheba is outside the back door, <laughs> yawning and crying. <laughs> That's Cara being difficult. Yeah. Cara is the most beautiful dog, and I'll actually post a picture of her when I when I put this podcast up, guys. She is absolutely gorgeous. She's making some very peculiar sounds. Yeah, so if you if you're if you're sitting in your car, if you're driving to work, listening to this <laughs> week's episode, um, don't worry about the groaning. It's not me or Dan. No, no. <laughs> we have tied up um, Rua's Rua's partner, and she's not in the other room. It is Cara the the Sheba. Hi, Cara. She might be quiet now. 
What were we talking before? We were rudely interrupted by Cara oh, right there. Jesus. <laughs> we were talking about you doing a one-year acting course yes. after doing headshots. Yeah. So, yeah, we did the headshots and I was, I was thinking, that's so interesting. And I said, then when I finished the portfolio course, I said, I want to try the, the year acting course. And I just enjoyed it. And I met Andrea there. Ah. That's where we met Andrea on the, fir- on the first day. Uh, I think we were both kind of late and we bumped into each other on the first day. And uh, Was it love at first sight? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we got we got on very well, um, but it's about six months into the course we got together. Oh, that's nice. So yeah, well, oh, I like your good friends for us. Like, this isn't this isn't called the Hollywood Stories <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> I prefer the more moderate, you know, measured approach. Not to, sure, to not sure. I should from Mayo as well, so oh, there's kind of question. There's question marks. A lot of question marks. But you figured it out, and, and, and fourteen out, yeah. years later, you're still together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, we met first day of college. And then we went to college in um, in Wales. Yeah. Continue our studies in, in theatre. It was in performing Swansea. arts and theatre in Swansea, yeah. yeah. Performing arts and theatre studies. Mm. And it's just, it was just the creative side of it I really enjoyed. So that's where, where the seed was planted for you. And even in terms of, like, was was it acting first and then you, yeah. you, you developed a, a graph for writing and all that kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, well, 100% acting first. That's what I started doing. And then, as I said like earlier, that's where kind of the frustration with acting yeah. brought me down the road of writing. Yeah. You know, and just that ability to put on your own work. And he gave you a crash course in what we discussed earlier in terms of dealing with rejection. Yeah, yeah. But at least you had met your partner in crime, Andrea. You know, yeah. She was able to support we both, you through all We both the got the rejection. rejection together. But that's another aspect where we're two actors, so we yeah, we kind of know you know each other, what it's like, that kind of rejection. Yeah, it's a great understanding. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So we were supposed to record last week. Um, I didn't, or I, I did announce it on the page that you were coming on. And yeah. I wasn't feeling well last Sunday. And you actually had a match. Yeah, I did, yeah. So tell me about what you, what your opinion on physical exercise is in terms of your own wellness. Like how, how does that impact? Yeah, or it has a massive impact. Like what sport do you play? I play Gaelic football. I play for St. Oliver Plunkett's own rule. Ooh. Up the road there, yeah. Myself and Bernard Brogan. No, he just, I don't play with Bernard Brogan. Shout out to Bernard. <laughs> no, Bernard doesn't know me. No, but, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I played soccer all my life. Yeah. And I, I, I always wanted to play Gaelic football since I was a child, but I always kind of, I thought it was too small. Yeah. You know, and I, th- I thought I was kind of nervous. So I had this opinion that it was a big macho man sport. Yeah. You know, which maybe. And it hasn't turned out to be that way. No, like, like uh, at the age of, at the age of 30, I said to myself, I, just, I want to now develop, I want to do a, a team sport where I'm part of it. Yeah. And I want it to be Gaelic. So I contacted um, one of the managers up in, in Plunkett's. Yeah. They were fantastic. I said, yeah, come on up. Deadly. Do you know, there was no, because I was nervous. So I was thinking, oh, they're going to go, what have you done before? Like, who are you? Yeah. Like, what have you played before? Yeah. And um, so I, I got the courage up to text them. I got the number on the internet and he texts back and yeah, come on up, change on Tuesday. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? That fear of going into a tight knit group. Yeah. Yeah. Because like it? like oh. I did, I had a similar experience with Nice Rugby Club. Oh, really? I went to one training session yeah. and aggravated a, a wrist injury so I could never go back. Yeah. But I totally get what you're talking about, about wanting to be a part of something. Yeah. A collective, a community. Yeah. Like we, I think that, such an important part of wellness is I having think, that connection with a group of people who have shared interests obviously but yeah. it's that back and forth that friendship that connection that that bond that you have but yeah. before if that group has already been formed yeah and you're just coming in that's, that's scary yeah it was like I, I remember clearly the first time going up yeah there was training up the road of, uh, at seven o'clock or whatever so i went yeah. up and i was up early you know yeah. so nervous about it and i didn't even know who they were you know, I, I had to go up and go. Are you are you in this team? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and then yeah, yeah. And it is interesting. Then the different uh, aspects of the team where some of them will be very kind of supportive. Yes, you know, and you get lads who kind of throw their shoulder arm around you, help yeah. you. They're not yeah. lads kind of more distant and cold. They're not yeah. quite sure. There's lots of trust. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because you because you don't know they don't know who's coming in. Yeah, but also they probably would have had lots of experiences where people came in and then yeah. fecked off six yeah. weeks later. Yeah, maybe left them in the lurch. Yeah, no, so they're a bit more just, guarded. You get a lot of people come coming up for a few sessions, going, "Oh, brilliant!" Then they just don't show up. Yeah. You know, but it's it's uh, it's amazing to be part of a team, um, and to have that like to the physical training of it. Yeah, brilliant. so talk to me about that um, in terms of your own like. 
your own management of your mental health, your own yeah. management of your happiness and wellness. Like, yeah. Would you see that physical training as a, an integral part of that? It is. It's funny because it's it's uh, from from like a, we all have a lot of issues with anxiety. Sport and anxiety probably don't really mix together too well. Mm. If you have anxiety problems and sport, because you're throwing yourself in the deep end if you're in a sporting environment. Do you mean in terms of managing your expected performance? You know, the the competitive aspect brings more anxiety. Is that what you mean? Uh, the competitive, it does. But I suppose more that the, the pressure on you. Okay. If you're in a team environment and you don't want to, you don't want to feck up. Yeah. You know, a lot of that's a lot of what anxiety is. You know, yeah. worried about stuff. Yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're involved in a team, you're worried you're, you're gonna, it's not gonna work yeah, out. Yeah, you, because you, you want to mess. You up. want to be an important cog in the wheel. You do, because I, 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 yeah, absolutely. You want to be, you want to be there kicking the winning scores. Of course you, you do. know. Yeah. But it's easier said than done. But then you have the opportunity to kick a winning score, and you fluff your lines. Yeah. That's where. Well, what happens? Like, well, let's talk worst case scenarios here. I'm sure you've had many matches or yeah. training sessions where you didn't, you know, you physically couldn't bring your A game. Yeah. Some stuff going on at home, whatever. Like. What was the reaction to that? Were you supported? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like you, you, every every person who plays football or any kind of sport, it's like you have games where it doesn't work out, yeah. or training sessions where it just doesn't work. Yeah. You're making every mistake. You know, you just <laughs> you fail. You miss easy points. Yeah. You miss a goal opportunity. But the but I suppose what I'm trying to get at is, does the community that you've embedded yourself in support you to? Yeah, to deal with that. One hundred percent. Like a recent time, there I had. I'll give you two examples. A very good example where we matched there last year. We're playing out in Temple Oak, and I had the first few minutes. I played corner forwards. I had an easy opportunity to probably slot over a point. Missed it completely. Yeah, and my head dropped. Yeah. And when the lads come over, she says, "Next time, don't worry about it. Next time." Yeah, and straight away my head came back up. Yeah, and next possession I got a score. Brilliant. Well, I if he hadn't said that to me. I probably would have, I wouldn't have wanted that ball. Yeah. I would have carried away from it. Yeah. Same again. A few months later, then um, had a good opportunity for a goal, and it hit, hit the post, whatever. Yeah. And someone come over, you get the next one. You get the next one. Yeah. And I got the next one. It's brilliant. It's just that difference of someone well, doing that yeah. compared to somebody going, "What are you at?" Yeah. That's yeah, a exactly. massive difference because I've had that as well. Yeah, bollocks. Yeah, someone shouting, "What are you fucking doing?" Yeah. And then, uh, then obviously you don't trust the ball. As I said earlier, yeah, exactly. no one likes getting in trouble. Do you know, it's so, so, it's so <laughs> interesting to me. Like, mm. I've, I think I said this in the very first episode of the Don Quixote Wellness Project podcast, and it is community is king. Yeah, this but it can make you or break you. Yeah. yeah. So when I say community is king, I'm talking about the two examples that you gave there: the support, yeah. the people who see your head dropping and yeah. know exactly what to say. Yeah. In fact, it's not even about knowing what to say; it's saying something. Just don't worry supportive. about it. Next time, it's simple as that, or even a. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes more words are needed. Yeah, yeah so okay, he he's supporting me. He's yeah. not annoyed at me. Yeah, do you know? Like I, I um, we have a lot of minors in our team now. Have come up this year, so like 16, well, 17 16. lads. You know, so just you know, a lot of times you'll even the match there recently when the lads took a shot and somebody goes, "Man, what are you at?" Yeah, sixteen year old lad. So I, I made sure to go and say, "You go for a shot anytime you want. Go for a shot." Yeah. Why? Why not? Brilliant. So you, you know the stuff. The, the feedback to him yeah. he wasn't uh, appropriate or, yeah, like, or or helpful I, like I've learned from from you have to then if, if you're in that situation and try to help someone else too yeah. I've been in that situation where if somebody's given out to you yeah. and all you want is someone to come over and go don't worry about it yeah so do, just turn that around do it yourself yeah. do you well, know I had, a, I had a horrible experience of primary school and secondary school in terms of teachers not being supportive as well you yeah. know, I, I haven't got that much experience of team sports but it's always that one teacher who wasn't a bollocks to you or yeah. supportive to you, yeah. who understood where you come from, that you remember the most. And it shapes you, doesn't it? Completely it shapes you. Yeah. You know? You still haven't answered my question. What was it going? What is the impact of physical exercise yeah. on your own personal management of, you know, your Yeah, no, it, it, it has a massive impact. Um, it's like, like, you're just, sometimes you go train, you don't want to go. You know, yeah. you think, oh God. Yeah. And then once you do it, you feel fantastic. Yeah. And you go home and you go and you say to yourself, "Remember now, next time I don't want to go train. Remember the feeling now yeah. I have. Yeah. I feel great." Yeah. You don't even have to have a good session, but you just did no. it. You physically went out. Yeah. You went with everyone. You communicate with yeah. them. You exercise. Exactly. You go. Came home. Sit at home. Then after you feel great. Yeah. So you always say, "I always try to say to myself, next time I'm not really want to go train. And remember the feeling. Yes. Of doing it as opposed to not doing it. Exactly. And the difference exactly. in that." I mean that's something that I've I've blogged quite extensively on that yeah. idea over the past couple of years and 
even to this day and I'm like what two and a half years in I still had like I had a particularly bad week this week for whatever reason motivation wise I still yeah. went into the gym did sprints and all that kind of stuff on Wednesday yeah. yeah was it Wednesday no it was Thursday but even to this day I still find myself falling into that dynamic of oh fuck that yeah. and I don't do it yeah so I'm still kind of grappling with the idea of how to get over that hump when yeah. you say I'm too tired yeah but the week before that I had six sessions I know do you know what I mean yeah, so I it's, it's getting a balance around it but knowing how you're going to feel is a huge motivator oh I think so yeah that and I'd huge. always set myself a goal like um, in, with the football for example I'd always say at the start of the season I set myself a goal yeah it might be I don't know start 20 games yeah score 20 points yeah and so when you're at home and you're not feeling up to it if you think of that goal you go right I want to if you really want that goal to happen yeah that can push you on it's a really important point I know um, I was very ambitious last year I set myself a goal yeah or a ridiculous goal of training every day yeah just to see what would happen. you would die <laughs> I nearly died yeah it's however there was ta- like if I had a if I had been where I am now this time last year and had set the goal, I definitely wouldn't have only trained twice this week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Week. yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. So having the goal, I think is crucial. I think it's massive, and a lot yeah. of people who access uh, this podcast and thanks a million to everybody who's listening right now would maybe be at the start of a journey where they haven't been in regular exercise yeah. and they might be contemplating it. You know, it is called the wellness podcast. Yeah, it yeah. is about, yeah. you know, helping yourself to feel better through listening to the experiences of others. I think what you said earlier on is really important. Just go for a walk, lads. Get your headphones in. Yeah. Go for a walk. Mm. Do a bit more the next day. Listen to podcasts when you go out on walk. I mean, you yeah. were you were referring specifically to your writing process. Yeah, but um, it, it, even that when you're feeling down, ideas, but but it's so you're feeling down. Yeah, if you're feeling down, you know it's so important to get out. Of the, if you're feeling down, get out of the fucking house. Yeah. I know some people would say, "Oh, it's so hard to get up." Well, just you know, sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah. If you want to put yourself first and make yourself yeah. feel better, it all comes down to do you want to help yourself? Yeah. Do you know? And I know sometimes it is very much so easier said than done actually getting up and doing something. And getting but a lot out. of people will say, yeah, I want to help myself, but I can't. I know. I, I, well, then I think it really does. I don't know if it comes down to medication. Well, I think it just comes down to you fighting with yourself and pushing yourself out the door. Just yeah, but what I would out. say to those people, and I'm in that camp sometimes as yeah. well, is... You absolutely can. Oh, 100%. So yeah. saying to yourself that you can't is probably one of the worst things yeah. that you can actually say in terms nothing, of self-dialogue. Yeah. Because it's a lie. Completely, and particularly with mental health. Yeah. With mental health, it's, it's all down to you, mental health. Yeah. Do you know, so it just, it's like saying, well, I feel, I'm feeling down, well, fuck, fuck the downers today. Yeah. Fuck you, I'm going out. Or yeah. I'm feeling down today and that's okay. Yeah, so, yeah soften, exactly. Yeah. Soften towards yeah, yourself. You exactly, know? yeah. I have a wonderful um, lecturer in college called Berna Brennan. And she teaches us a stress response module. And she just mm. said this wonderful thing yesterday. And it was, no matter how um, anxious you feel, no matter how depressed you feel, no matter how whatever extreme emotion you're feeling, or even if it's not extreme, yeah, pause, like you said earlier, Rua, take your deep breaths before yeah. you, yeah. Yeah. Before you read the right <laughs> to this episode. But she said, pause, take your deep breath and soften. Isn't mm. that beautiful? Yeah, absolutely. It's so expressive because yeah. what it means is, if you if you can visualize it, guys, um, and you're you're having high anxiety or high anger, depression, frustration, whatever, the word soften mm. breaks it down a bit. Yeah, it it takes the edge off. It makes it more gentle. It? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice, so uh, I thought that was beautiful, um, and I think a very important point is absolutely, like you were saying, p- push yourself out the door. But yeah. before you do that, just say, okay, it's it's okay to be like yeah. this. I'm feeling crap today, but that's okay. Let's see if I can help myself. Let's see if I can sort yeah, it a little even bit. Even one you know? small, tiny thing. Yeah, it's amazing what going for a walk would do. Because yeah. uh, a lot of times it's up to you to help yourself. A lot of times other people won't help you. A lot of times people have their own little issues. Of course they have they their do. own battles. So sometimes people look, oh, I need help. I need help from other people. Yeah. Absolutely. But sometimes look to yourself first. See if there's nothing you can do for yourself. Exactly. If, you can be, if it can be a simple thing of going for a walk and then feeling a little bit better, but then you know it's not that. It's not yeah. that big a deal because yeah. I feel a little bit better. It's nearly similar to the idea that you spoke about earlier about just riding, just yeah. riding without expectation. Yeah, just do it. Walk without expectation. Yeah. Don't expect to be, you know, cured or yeah, yeah, know, yeah. do a 180 on it. Don't expect yeah. to be, you know, high as a kite. If you feel a tiny Walk bit better. Walk without expectation. Yeah. yeah. Every little impact yeah. builds on each other. 
to either be positive or negative, but in yeah. this case, hopefully positive. No, because it's like um, you know, it's like stopping the ball rolling. Say you're stopping the depression or anxiety ball rolling. It's yeah. rolling towards badness. Yeah. But if you go for a walk and you feel a little better, and it stopped the rolling badness, yeah, the even if it stabilised it, yeah. it still stopped it going backwards. Yeah. It yeah. might not go forward a little. It might go forward a tiny bit, but it's still something. And then you yeah. feel okay. Well, I'm I'm in control. I'm helping yeah. a little bit. Oh, yeah, you know? that's a really nice analogy, Fred. And I, I often think of the analogy of Do you remember Street Fighter? Yeah. Hadouken, you know, <laughs> yeah. well, any kind of two player, you know, fighting game where they have the energy bars. Yeah. So, my analogy that I often think of is when you're feeling really shy, your energy's flashing yellow at the yeah. bottom. Yeah. And unless you get your <laughs> yeah, exercise in or your. Yeah. In, that the the opponent, which is obviously the uh, the depression yeah, anxiety, yeah. is gonna KO you. Yeah, it's true. So it's a matter of kind of filling your your own uh, energy bar. Yeah. And it's up to you. I think that's the nice thing about it is that you, that you can you can help yourself. Yeah. Do you know that you've you've yeah. helped the energy bar yeah. by doing something simple? Give me yeah. yeah. It's it's really in, it's it's beautiful for me to you know we're to mid. How old are you? Thirty-four. Uh, Fifty-one. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! He looks amazing. <laughs> Uh, 33 wait until you see this guy's picture guys you're not going to believe it no, 33 in 23 last month I just love that me and you are sitting here talking about this because yeah. there is such a dearth of this type of thing out mm. there where two you know, well I think I think we're still young are we two, still two young? young studs two young studs <laughs> but two young Irish men yeah, we're young, you yeah. know talking about this issue mm. in a very open comfortable yeah. and honest way yeah um and there is a movement on at the moment oh brezzy yeah. and the rubber bandits are doing great work towards that i mean brezzy's you know, done brezzy's done amazing work unbelievable because yeah. you're getting you're getting this successful handsome big man you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. in ireland coming out saying yeah I've been, i have panic attacks yeah you know so what yeah. you know because a lot of times it's it is a classic irish thing about yeah. depression oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't talk about that you know you, uh, go into the doctor with anxiety i put on a sick note that you have a flu yeah why Oh, because people, you know, people. Oh yeah, that. exactly. People judge that. My, my doctor, my, my doctor, and other doctors have had before, which is like, I just write virus. Yeah, why? Do you know? Uh, well, and then, but in saying that, you go into an employer and tell them oh, I have anxiety. They're going to turn their nose, going, oh, this well, it's going to be trouble. It's possible to be trouble. I know that I'm, I'm lucky enough to work for Focus Ireland, and they're, they're very, they're amazing. You know, from that point of view, like they're yeah. advocates for people who are vulnerable. But yeah. in the private sector, it's, um, it's a totally different yeah. animal. hundred oh, percent. And who doesn't have anxiety? That's the thing. <laughs> Your employers had anxiety. There's no doubt. You know, right now. Yeah, right now he's anxious about Monday morning. You okay, hon? <laughs> yeah. But no, it's it's important that, it, and it, just to say, yeah, it's it's yeah, I'm not feeling great. Yeah, but if the world hasn't. Well, I think it's really important, you know, the idea of me and you sitting here. I know we've been friends for a long time, um, but like we we wouldn't see each other very often or speak yeah. very often. The fact that me and you can come together, have a really interesting discussion around wellness in terms of creativity, like we yeah. spoke about all of your experience, um, and to end on this note of just saying that it needs to happen more that's my mm. that's my whole idea and I love yeah. the way you just said <laughs> Brezzy this big tall yeah. handsome well, that's man it, yeah. he kicked it all off a big strong man who's yeah. not afraid to say I have anxiety or problems yeah and a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of men a lot of young men Irish men have reached out to me on my page and thanks to everybody who sent me really positive messages recently it's really helped me through a tough time um, but a lot of, uh, most of those messages are from guys saying fucking hell man thanks yeah, yeah. Jesus, like I can talk this way. Yeah, you get me. Like it's nearly <laughs> yeah. like it's not like I'm giving them permission, but hearing conversations like the one me and you are having now mm. does give them that permission. Yeah, to say actually I'm not doing great, but it's okay. Yeah, to say yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we're doing well today. Yeah, Steadily everyone because every single person. Yeah, you know, like to Ireland, it's it's, a, it's a such an interesting country because we, you know, if it wasn't the British, it was the Catholic Church controlling us. Yeah, and all of a sudden now we're kind of semi kind of independent yeah you know so it's yeah. it's 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 a it's an interesting well, there's study been, there's been lots of um i can't remember the name of the author of the study but he's from trinity college and he talks about endemic shame yeah i don't know have you heard about yeah this i've heard of it yeah i think it might be michael halligan sorry if i got your name wrong um on the off chance that you're listening to this <laughs> oh yes <laughs> big fan big fan <laughs> um but it's about the you know the the idea that we have you know, oppressed yeah. as as a as a yeah. 
what's the word? Race isn't the right word. As a culture, as, as a people, as, as a, a people, yeah. yeah. Um, but they did research that actually shows that mm. that it's still prevalent today. Yeah. But people don't really can't really figure out what it is. Yeah. It's like that whole thing of Irish people apologising yeah, when sorry, they do sorry. nothing. Yeah. Sorry about that. They've done nothing. Yeah. Because we're so used to being told we're doing things wrong. Yeah. Like, look at this, this, the, the control the Catholic Church had on us. Yeah. You know, it's only, they only, only recently. They, they only doubled down on what we, our, mm. our, our people, yeah. have experienced at the yeah. hands of, of Like Native of Americans, aren't we, our people? <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're, both, that? we're sitting here wearing leprechaun outfits. <laughs> <No. laughs> There's a pot of gold there on the other side of the table. But um, we're completely, as a people, are being completely controlled for, and there's only, Jesus, it's in my generation that the Catholic Church controlled this country. Yeah. And as a child, they still would have had a, a big stronghold in the country, you know? Huge. And it's only kind of... Everything lifted. you're doing is wrong. Yeah, you're a dirty, filthy person. Do you know, everything Every, you every do. thought that's going through your mind, filth. Yeah, <laughs> pure filth. Kiss the ring. <laughs> yeah. My mom often tells, tells me about, um, you know, the bishop holding his, his ring out and all yeah. the kids had to kiss it. Yeah. Like, who do these people think they are? Yeah, do you know, right? like who do these people think they are? Like, uh, like I'm taking my deep breaths now, guys. Like I was describing, yeah, no, because I don't easy, want to go yeah. on a massive yeah. rant. I, I think, uh, the, the, it, and we probably still haven't faced the demons at the Catholic Church yet, and all that they've done to Absolutely the country, not. you know, and yeah. people going about terrorist organisations and the amount of heartache terrorist organisations cause. The yeah. amount of heartache the Catholic Church causes yeah. in this country is unbelievable. Yeah. The amount of deaths, yeah, do you know, like literal deaths. Um, I mean, this ties in with what we were just talking about big tall handsome beautiful brezzy yeah you know having the courage to say what he said he broke the mold in terms of us having notions mm. you know you, can't, you have notions if you're if you're going to be talking about yourself yeah and what brezzy did was he opened up the floodgates are still closed but he opened up a trickle yeah. for the rubber bandits to jump on yeah. on board dave moore is a huge advocate from today fm yeah massive uh, great pal of mine great guy um, and lots and lots of people Al Foran not Al Foran Al Porter Al Porter yeah Al Porter yeah. Spoke out. And yeah. And that was brilliant yeah. congratulations to Al on getting yeah. his new radio show on Today FM but I want to contribute to that and I think that's me and you sitting here as well as me sitting with the other people young Irish men talking about this can only be a positive thing yeah okay, absolutely and we had to do more of it and so as you said there it's the only way to go with it yeah just be aware that yeah we all have you know, we all have our mental health. And we all have to look after it. Yeah. You know, it's the same as our physical health. Yeah, they're both tied in. If one is off, the other is off. Exactly. You know, yeah. they're both connected. Yeah. So it's, it's just as if you want to stay physically healthy, you have to stay mentally healthy as well. I mean, I I wasn't feeling great this morning, and I feel amazing now. Yeah. You know, it's just mean, I doing it's, something. it's important to note that. Yeah. In real time here, um, like there was no chance that I wasn't going to come and make this recording with you, but at the same time, I was very aware. That I was feeling below par. I know, yeah, yeah. I feel unbelievable now. Yeah. And like you said, it's because you're doing something, but it's also because you we're connecting. Yeah. On a personal level here. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, and we we've talked about so many things in the mm. podcast. It's, I think it's really nice that we we brought the conversation around to talking about the current state of mental health in Ireland. Yeah. And talking about solutions rather than how why we are so stuck mm. in this era. So I just want to say thanks a million for um. For having me to your beautiful home. That's great. You're very welcome. In Dublin. Apart from Cara. Cara, I don't think the uh, listeners would have heard that much. Uh, the, the laptop. Uh, well, she had some very good a, opinions in her. She did. What she, she did. was saying she was very did. good. And she is absolutely gorgeous. She, she's eyeballing me now and wondering <laughs> when I've got to get the hell out of her house. She has uh, her eye on you. But there's one more question. Yeah. What does wellness mean to you, Rua? Uh, wellness would mean, like just, just, just what I said there, actually, to be mentally and physically well and to be in. I, you always see how are you feeling people yeah I'm feeling well and if I say yeah I'm feeling good it's, uh, I'm feeling mentally well I'm feeling physically well I might have something on I might be in the middle of doing a few things you know and I'm and I'm I'm, I'm kind of actively pursuing stuff I want to do you know and doing things like for example do something that you enjoy a lot of people don't do like for example I, I'm a, a Lego collector I have tons of Lego <laughs> yeah massive amounts of Lego yeah but that's, that. uh, but that's something I enjoy and something that makes me happy so why wouldn't I do it you get some people going oh that on I don't know the kids toy yeah. I don't give a crap what it is yeah. I get pleasure out of it it makes me happy yeah. it's not harming anyone yeah. so if it's something somebody wants to do and as long as it doesn't harm them or harm anyone else do it doesn't matter what it is that. I love that so much let's do it yeah <laughs> 
It's 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 literally like saying f the haters. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I think that. Don't even think about. It. I think don't it, even f them. You know, well, something we need to do more in this world is say fuck off to some people. <laughs> fuck off. If I need dick it, fuck off and walk away from. Me. You feel better. That's worse. Yeah. yeah, like for example, like when I'm making Lego, I don't have anxiety. Yeah. Never. I saw a quote recently that there was this eighty-nine-year-old woman. I think she was on her deathbed, and she, "Do you have any uh, final? Do you have any final thoughts? Not like yeah. she's getting executed or anything, yeah. but you know, she was giving her final so She was like, there's one thing I could have done more in this life. It would have been told more people to fuck up.' Oh, I think it's so important. Yeah, I think it's so important. It's any because there's an awful amount of people out there who will who will do damage towards you. Yeah, and you have to recognize there's great people out there who will help you, and there's bad people who will do damage to you who will who will only take, take, take. Get out, get them people out yeah. of your life. It's having the awareness of when that's yeah. happening. Um, it's very difficult. Yeah, hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah, so develop, completely. cultivate, guys, yeah. cultivate your awareness of when that's happening because a lot of times it does happen and you've no idea it's happening. Yeah, no, but then when you realize, when you start thinking, wait a minute now, yeah. this this isn't balanced. What this person's doing, I don't feel good after seeing this person. Yeah, I feel kind of shit about myself. Yeah, just then you know what to do then. Yeah, if you don't feel good around a person, yeah, don't see the person. Yeah, as simple as that. And if you don't feel good after doing something, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. And if you feel good after doing something, do, do it. it again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's a pretty simple and beautiful way to end on this week of the Danke Wellness Project podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It was um, great. Thanks very much. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. It and great. I wish you all the best with everything you want to do. Yeah, you too. Take care, buddy. Thanks, man.